If I was doing any better, I would be you. Welcome back to the Greatness Academy podcast. I am super excited to present part two of the episode. It was a great conversation in part one, but it picks up in part two. And I'm so anxious for you guys to see how the conversation went. Boom. Let's get into it. I want to transition into, I mean, because you kind of touched on, I mean, imagine if you were a student with student loans, and I know you as a professor, a tenured professor that deals with students often and all the time and actually teaching entrepreneurship. So that's a different level of transition from, you know, being a kid to being a teenager to being a boss. What does that look like financially? So what are some of the financial hardships that you have seen with students? Well, I, and, and I shared this with you, you know, offline the, the other day. I tell my story. I went, you know, again, I graduated high school poor. I really did. I was, you know, if it weren't for financial aid, I wasn't going to, wasn't going to college. Right. And back in those days, back in the 80s, you know, they would just give you boatload of money, you know, Pell grants and, and and of course student student loans, but they would they would give you money and and so what you would end up doing if you were on financial aid is you know they would send the money to the school the school would take their cut and then they would give you the rest and so as a young 17, 18 year old that had never seen money I'm not talking about you know wealth Cosby like money but just money in general, that you didn't have to think about, you know, can we shop in the in the grocery store aisle that doesn't have the black and white labels? Can, yeah, we, can, yeah. we, can we buy, you know, the, the label with Jolly Green Giant? Right, Instead right. Instead of having Oleos, can I have Fruit Loops? <laughs> you know, can I follow my nose with Toucan Sam on the box? You know, you know, some people have that experience of never knowing what the black and white labels are, but that wasn't my experience. And so when I got to school and they were like, well, you could pick up your, your money. I'm like, what are you talking about? Pick up your money. You know, things like savings had never been really etched inside of me. Right. It was always... You got to get enough to get what you need. And if you got a little bit more, then go do something for yourself because you've been living this hard life. Right. And so when I got, you know, checks of hundreds and, and maybe even sometimes uh, thousands of dollars that they're like, well, here you go. Your, your room, your board, your meal plan, your tuition, your books already been paid for. Here you go. You know, my mindset was let's go buy some stuff. Right. You know, you never had nothing. Let's, you know, let's upgrade your wardrobe. Let's, you know, I'm run DMC, LL Cool J. You know, I want to buy, I want to have a track suit. Right. Right. I want to have just one track suit. I want to have a couple of track suits. Right. I want to be a DJ. So let me go buy me a, a Techniques 1200 direct spin turntable. Let me go to the record store and buy some some vinyl and get me a milk a couple of milk crates and fill my milk crates up with with records. You know, right. I, I had a very much pro consume mentality, mm-hmm. and so today's students, I believe that they're a little bit more educated than I was back in those days, but they still have especially students of color, still have some of those same, I'll say, genetic traces of impoverishment when it comes to building wealth. 
and, and trying to get through school with as little debt as possible. Now, I will be I will say this. It is very possible to be in school. And if you got to take a student loan to get through school, there's nothing wrong with taking a, a student loan. It's just that you need to have a plan for how you are going to pay that back. Mm. Right. And yes, you know, if it's a private loan or if it's a federal loan, they'll, you know, when, you know, six months after you graduate or six months after you stop going to school, whichever one that happens to be, somebody's going to come knocking on the door and say, you owe us some money. And by the way, here are some some repayment plans that you you can do. And and yes, um, those repayment plans can be helpful, but you already need to know those repayment plans are going to pay the minimum. It's just like a credit card. It's going to pay the minimum due each month, which means, ladies and gentlemen, that you're going to stay in debt longer. Mm. And so maybe when you're starting out, yeah, maybe that's what you got to do because, you know, you're starting out, you don't have anything. The price of renting and, you know, all of that is extraordinarily high these days. Maybe going home is not an option. It, it certainly was not an option for me. I declared that I was never going back home. Yep. That was not an option. Yep. I'm just going I'm just going to grind it out. It is going to be what it is, but I'm not going back home. Some folks have the option of going back home. Their, their families are set up that they can do that and get a foothold established. But whatever the case is, you've got to have that mindset that debt is not. And I don't care what anybody says before I finish this. I don't believe that there's such a good thing as good debt. Really? <laughs> debt, is, debt is just debt. Yeah. <laughs> it don't have a personality. You still owe somebody. The right. Bible says be the head and not the tail. Don't be the person that's indebted to, because as long as you're in debt to somebody, they get to have a say in your life. Mm, that's Period. good point. And so, you know, your goal is to live debt free, to live like nobody else lives. That means you've got to do things that nobody else does. Again, discipline, obedience. And so I think, you know, and, and we do a disservice to students because we give them this rosy picture of being in college and what that's going to do and an overly rosy picture, I should say. And, you know, part of the picture that we paint for them is absolutely true. You go to school to, to learn, elevate, to have greater opportunities. All those things can happen if you get to the end, right? right if you right, don't get right, to the right. end, you don't get to realize all of that. You On your resume, you say that you attended Salisbury State University and that you went there two years and they said, well, did you get a, a degree? And then you have to say no. Yeah, right. So really, all you're saying is that you've got a high school diploma and you got nothing to show for it. Mm, mm, that's tough. So that's so, a tough nut. So let me ask you this, though. So you have students and stu some students do work and have a part time job and they're trying to yep. get through school. What are I some? Did. Yeah. What are some nuggets that you would give to them as far as starting to carve out a financial plan for themselves. And then do colleges have resources for these things? Let me answer the, the last question first. Colleges are starting to recognize the financial distress that students can be in and are starting to slowly put together resources for students' financial awareness. 
Um, it didn't always used to be like that. And I, and I would say that I think schools are still behind in the curve in that respect. I mean, for example, when you you go to a business school, you learn all about business, but you only there's only one or two personal finance classes. I mean, right, what's right. that mean? Right. If you're going to learn about wealth creation, if you're going to learn about passing wealth on or building a, a gen- generational wealth, what better place to study that? And I do mean study and that then than school. I mean, I would have paid for that if I could take everything that I know right now and go visit me back in the 80s and have a real conversation out and have a class or classes that's what I would do. If I were creating a university today, one of the majors or minors that I would have would be all about personal personal finance. And I wouldn't even call it personal finance because that just sounds too short-sighted for me, for, mm-hmm. for my taste. I would call it something, something else, generational financing um, or finance. And, and we would step through, you know, the building blocks of generational wealth. Um, we would have some opportunities to create generational wealth or at least start, you know, pouring the foundations and, and giving folks some hands on experience and being able to give students the space to ask the question that they're afraid to ask because they don't want to look stupid or they don't want to expose themselves to or, or their background or where they came from to to other people. Well, you know, you need a safe space to have those conversations so that right. you can learn, right? And so, you know, when you you ask about, you know, students moving into entrepreneurship, I don't think there's a better time. As a matter of fact, I wanted to be an entrepreneur early in my I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. My dad uh worked for IBM for the first 35 years of my life. In my youth, you know, one of the things that I saw him working and grinding was that he was always, you know, at odd times going out to help clients. And I was like, oh, man. And he was dealing with computers. And that was right up my alley. I was enamored with computers. I was like, oh, man, that's cool. But I don't like, you know, not seeing my dad on a regular basis. So, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to buy IBM so my dad and I can work together. That was my first thought about entrepreneurship. I realized that that wasn't going to happen, but I all the seed had been planted that ownership, right, is something that I was always have always been attracted to, and so I'm now a serial entrepreneur. I won't say that every single venture that I've I've endeavored in has been successful, but I've always learned and I've always grown. No, that's good. And so, if we can start that at early implant into students. I think that's a great thing. And I always tell business students, listen, take entrepreneurship class, even if you don't think you want to be an entrepreneur, because you're going to learn some things about how to think, about how to plan, how to act. That'll be that it's a crossover skill set that you can use to be successful. And then maybe one day an opportunity will present itself that you can buy into a franchise, start a a side hustle that becomes, you know, your full-time career, whatever the case may be. And you'll already have the seeds of success on how to operate and move in that segment already layered into your, your brainwaves. 
So let me ask you this. Most people are probably sitting here looking like, hey, they got we got Doug on here and he's talking, he's dropping gems. And why is Rob sitting back and listening? Because Rob, <laughs> Rob really, truly believes in mentorship. And of course, if it wasn't for you, I probably never got into podcasting. You laid out every single objective to to getting into podcasting. And of course, I took heed to that. Um, how important do you think um, mentorship is, especially for young students? and entrepreneurship? I think it's essential. When I graduated from from University of Michigan, I had some job offers, but my girlfriend at the time was living in Chicago. I was in Ann Arbor. She graduated a year before me. And so I wanted to be close to her. And I was like, you know what? I really don't have anything to lose by being an entrepreneur. Mm. And so I packed everything in my Mercury Capri. <laughs> <laughs> right, clean it too. Uh. <laughs> and I drove to drove to Chicago, Illinois, and set up a shingle, Smith Consulting Enterprises. I didn't know anything about being an entrepreneur. I really didn't. But I looked for mentors, right? And I was stupid and I just I wanted somebody, anybody to to be my mentor to kind of lay out what I should do. And I didn't really appreciate or know, you know, my idea of what a mentor was, was somebody who was going to open up doors for me, kind of give me a roadmap and make it easy for me to succeed. And certainly a good mentor can do some or all of that, but that's not all a mentor can do. Right. Nor is it all a mentor should do. Sometimes, and I say this a lot of times, that when you're taking a test, the teacher is silent. And sometimes when you're dealing with a mentor-mentee relationship, sometimes a good mentor is going to let you do you, Mm. right? Because you've got to learn. Um, It's not malicious, but everybody goes through those phases where where a good mentor is going to give you the latitude to, to bump your head. And so mentorship is essential, you know, shop around for a good mentor, ask somebody you trust, who do you think would be a good mentor? And furthermore, if they know that person, you might ask for an introduction if you don't already have a relationship, because sometimes you don't. Right, right. I know that my mentor in the ministry, who's so valuable, we we talk almost every other day, every day. And we talk not only about ministry stuff, but we talk about business stuff. We talk mm. about entrepreneurship. We, we talk about life. I mean, he has become a second father to me. And that's how close we are. I am so thankful that he is in my life. He has really changed the trajectory of my life. Now, I know I could ask him for anything and he would not withhold it from me. I haven't, and I haven't had a need to, but I know that that's afforded to me. Now, conversely, I had a student who graduated as an undergrad, went off, did some things, came back to ESU as a grad student. I had him again as a student, graduated with a master's. And then all of a sudden I popped up and I was his mentor. He he claimed me as as a mentor, he didn't even ask, okay, I, all right, but watch this. And talking about the relationship between a mentor and a mentee, he would call me the beginning of our, our mentorship relationship only when there were problems. 
relationships. Mm. And it just wore on me. It just really did. I would go and tell my wife, you know, I just, I can't take this. I, you know, from a, a psychological perspective, the only time, only time I hear from this young man is when there are problems and it's just, it's just wearing me down. I mean, where's the opportunity for, for guidance so that you don't have to get in these problems. Right. Exactly. And so finally I had to have the courage to talk with them and say, listen, you know what? We've known each other for a very long time. I know you inside the classroom, outside the classroom, you know, some of the same people I know. So I know your background uh, a little bit more than the average person. But listen, if we're going to continue this type of relationship, this is what you really want me to be a mentor. You need to know that I don't want to hear from you just when there are problems. Right. That's not the type of, if you need somebody to do that, that that's just not me. That's not who mm-hmm. I am. That's not the type of relationship I want. I'm not saying that I don't want to help you with your life because everybody has stuff and you can't necessarily divorce the person from their stuff and their baggage and their their situations. I get that. But if that's the only time that we intersect, then I'm not really being a mentor to you. Right. And so what I would tell other people, whether you're a student or you're not, you're not too grown to be to have a mentor. You just not. I mean, it doesn't, you know, everybody, I think, could you need somebody that's going to edify you, that's going to challenge you and somebody that's going to tell you to your face that you're wrong. That you trust enough that you're open to that criticism when it comes, when it hits you in the face. It's going to stop you and force you to think. I believe, you know, that was a very long answer to a, to a very short question. Mentorship is essential. If I could write a book, it would be called Mentorship is Essential for the Soul. Oh, I think I might have just gave you the book title for your next book, sir. Okay, you can be my co-author. <laughs> I love it. Hey, so, hey, we're going to wrap up the show, man. I really appreciate having you on. Hopefully you can make some more time for me again and we can do this you again. Know, I truly my appreciate microphone it. is always open for you. I appreciate it. And I'm truly humble. Thank you for dropping gems on the show. I'm we always trying say, to get that goat, that goat free I, merch. Is, I, owe is what I'm trying to do. I owe you. In fact, you know? that's, that's, I got you. That's, I owe you. I owe you a goat. It's so I'm me. just trying to give a shout out. I'm just trying to put a plug in for you. So if you haven't gone to, um, where's it at? at on the Greatness Academy website? Yeah. So you just go to lifejourneyfn.com slash shop. Yeah, you can get you a goat t-shirt, get the goat hoodies, and you can know we got the cups and spoons and pencils coming soon too. We ain't got spoons yet, but they coming soon. Oh, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) They coming soon. We gonna make it happen. Y'all got (laughs) spoons, y'all done just y'all to go to the next level. Yeah, we getting it. We getting it. And and it's the one thing that you spoke about. You know, sometimes you just think of things on how you can do them, and then you have to take the top off and look at. What you're trying to accomplish, limitlessly. When you, okay. yeah, when you see that there is no limit, when sky's the limit, just go. I mean, one day my son sat down, and he started writing out some things, and because he's a great artist, and I said, "Hey, I, I need you to draw me a goat." He said, "For what?" I said, "You'll see." And he, I let him go ahead, etch the goat, boom, stuck it on the shirt, stuck it on the classes, and we just started rolling from there. Um, So I know we're trying to wrap up, but I want to just I want to demonstrate how real quick how two people when they have a great relationship can help 
elevate each other. So watch this. Since you mentioned the spoons are coming, if you don't already do this, you need to do this, right? To, to get the word out. When you send stuff out, you need to have like a bumper sticker or something, a decal that you put into the package that has mm. a QR code so that then when those folks who, who get the, the goat spoon and the goat hat and the goat cup and the goat gym shorts and all, you know, all, and they, they're getting their goat kit, yeah. right? And they get this decal and they're going to put it on their their car or or someplace where other people are going to be like, what's that about? There's a QR code. Let me just go ahead and scan that. Boom. They get taken to lifejourney.com. That's dope. Nuggets. I love it. Every day, all the time. And so on the show, we always say winners win. And I really want to thank you for being a winner and being a part of the show. Anytime. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right, we out. Boom. Thank you for joining the podcast. And remember, change your mind, change your money, change your life. We out.